stepping out on stage of Grant Gill, Matt Oakdell, the guy that came up with the meme, Stack Stats, Stay Humble, what a meme, and the guy who helped bring Bitcoin to El Salvador, Jack Mallers. Welcome to the stage. so we're going to get a little bit intimate here. We have a half an hour. First of all, huge thanks to Gary and his lovely wife, Kathy, and the rest of the team here at Big Block Boom. What a great event. So we have uh, a half an hour with you guys. Uh, we're going to do, we're going to try and do a tight 15 minutes, and then you guys will get 15 minutes Q&A. Ask whatever questions you want. Jack will answer them. We have uh, Grant Gilliam on stage here with us. How's it going, Grant? Going good. Good morning. I think uh, you know, we have a little audible with uh, two of us on stage. I think it was because Matt wanted to do yet another event at this conference. <laughs> I think it was a personal request to Coach Jax. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I mean, if it was up to me, I would be asleep right now, to be honest. <laughs> so Jack, um, I don't know where we should start. Um, you guys are about to launch the debit card. But I think the more, the more pressing thing on people's heads is, is, is the big announcement you made at Bitcoin 2022. Raise your hand if you were at Bitcoin 2022 for, for Jack's announcement. Awesome. Um, I thought I was supposed to be able to spend Bitcoin at Whole Foods by now. What's going on with that? I mean it. I tried the other day, they looked at me like I was crazy. Um, yeah, so Blackhawk, our, our first big retailer in the Blackhawk integration is slated to go live within this quarter, so you guys do the math. This is all the shit I'm, I'm allowed to say, by the way. So you guys do the math. It's, there's two months into this quarter, so you guys do the math there. And uh, yeah, we're, we're working through it, we're working on it. I mean, there's, uh, I don't know what to say other than that, the Shopify stuff is live, so we're ramping up those merchants, and we'll be putting together rewards pages and places to find all the Shopify lightning merchants that are interoperable, and we'll, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say outside of that. And, and I mean, I like I got a Twitter account just like the rest of you guys. I see all the stuff. And what do you want me to say? Like, when I have something to say, I'll say it. Uh, and uh, that's my that's my update. So yeah, it, it's coming. And uh, I don't I don't know what else to say outside of that. It's a big. It's a a really big uh, project. I, I think the best thing that we can do is uh, get Lightning interoperable with all of the payment infrastructure that already exists instead of trying to tell these big businesses to adopt a new point of sale system that's much more difficult and probably like a 25 year project versus like a three to six month project. And so, but it's a big one. I mean, these guys are big, they got a lot of money. They're, all their stocks are down 88%. Some of them are getting acquired. Some of the executives are quitting. So. Um, but it's coming. But the key is it's not vaporware. You weren't bullshitting us. No, I was not. No. That's good. No, also, like, I mean, like, I'm a, like, 
No, but, but it, also, two, three years ago, no one gave a shit about what I had to say ever. I've always been the same kid. Uh, I made the announcement because those companies, we all agreed that we were gonna fucking do this. And I said, you know, Shopify was live, the other ones are coming. That's still true. I mean, it's a hard fucking thing, shit happens and it's coming, but I'm a man of my word, I always have and I always will be. When I got stuff to say to the crowd, I'll say it. And uh, if anything goes against what I said, I'll say it, I don't know. And I log into my Twitter account and I see all this stuff, but I don't know, what do you want me to say? Like, always been, always been, never, never mislead, lie, none of that, no. So. Well, you asked, what do I want to, I wanted you basically to say what you just said, so thank you. There you go, buddy. Um, so, yeah, hit us, hit us, Grant. Well, speaking of Twitter, you were just on Twitter and announced debit card, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, you explained the significance of that, having a, an app that can now operate on ACH, Lightning, and um, the card network. Yep. But maybe explain more the significance of that, having that in one place. The, like, so the thesis of Strike 2 uh, is that Lightning is the best value transfer protocol in the world. Uh, here's what I mean by that. This might take me a second. Um, let's say a Cash App user walks into a Wendy's, let's say. And let's say, in theory, Wendy's were accepting Lightning payments and it was a customer of Strike, in theory. And Cash App, obviously, is a customer of Square. And so we have this age-old problem where Jack Dorsey has to transfer value from his balance sheet to my balance sheet, right? Are we following so far? So his balance sheet is representative of John Doe, who's trying to buy a burger at Wendy's, and my balance sheet is representative of the merchant that's my customer who I'm acquiring for. And so what I mean by value transfer protocol is how do we actually transfer the value between Square's balance sheet and Strike's balance sheet? It's a good question. So for a $1 cheeseburger, we could both integrate the Western Union value transfer protocol. Probably not the best for a cheeseburger, but we could. We could use Swift and Correspondent Banking to move a dollar between each other. We could, in theory, if we wanted. Probably not the best. Visa is the existing value transfer protocol to transfer value from Jack Dorsey's balance sheet to Wendy's balance sheet today. My whole thesis is Lightning is a way better one um, because the value is for the first time bearer in digital. And so that when you send a message that you want to transfer value, inside of the message is actually the money because the money could be representative of bytes of data. So my whole thesis and concept is Dorsey could debit a Cash App user a dollar, shoot me the equivalent of that in Bitcoin over Lightning, and then I can receive it and convert it back to a dollar for Wendy's. And that's a way more inclusive, innovative, cheaper, faster, free market competitive world than the one we have today. And so, I think people misunderstand Strike is not competing with Breeze. I'm a Breeze wallet user and a Strike user. I want Strike to put pressure on Chase and Chime and Robinhood because these are all typical banking type experiences that don't use this new value transfer protocol. And so for example, if Barclays were to integrate this value transfer protocol, so you're following how I'm using this term value transfer protocol. So Barclays has Swift plus correspondent banking value transfer protocol integrated. They've got Visa probably integrated. If they had Lightning integrated and they were able to 
move money like Stripe does, I as a Stripe user would be able to send a lightning payment from my dollars and a Barclay customer would be able to receive it as pounds. Boom, instant free remittance of any size at any time of the day. So Stripe's trying to put pressure on legacy payment experiences and legacy financial institutions to integrate this new value tr transfer protocol. I think it'll be better for their business. I also think it'll be better for the world. Because then, like I explained at the Bitcoin conference, you'll be able to walk into a supermarket. You could use Moon, you could use Bank of America, you could use any, anyone that integrates this thing. It's a lot more inclusive, highly competitive, freer world to transact and transfer value through this open protocol. That's the whole thing. So all the way to why we launched the debit card. We have customers that use debit cards. Again, if you want privacy, you want non-KYC, I don't know how else to tell Twitter, don't use my fucking app. I didn't build it for that. So I, I don't know what to say. I'm a Moon Wallet user because I also like non I'm a Samurai user because I like CoinJoin, um, but not at Strike. Strike, we were having customers that were depositing, direct depositing, but then when they had to use a debit card, they were withdrawing to Chase. And so he said, okay, fine. I'll meet Chase on their ground and I'll give my customers a debit card. So now my customers can do everything that a checking account gives you at Chase, that it gives you at Chime, that it gives you at Bank of America. So you'll never have to leave. But Chase cannot serve my customers in the same way as I'm serving them because they can also scan lightning QR codes. And as we roll out our merchants and as we roll out our remitting partners, that's going to be more and more powerful. So it was a way for us to better serve customers and so that you didn't come to strike. We weren't this niche Bitcoin community crowd that you only use our little like apps. And we're like the kids in the corner with the cones on our head where it's a geeky lightning network. Like, no, we're not. We mean real fucking business and we can build a better mainstream consumer experience with all the shit you guys do. Launching a debit card is not hard, so we'll build it, but I dare you to build lightning and I'll force you to build lightning because my customers are gonna have better experiences at Wendy's than you. So that's why I did it. Not a bank, uh, not allowed to say that, so we're not a bank. Uh, we want to put pressure on banks, though. Um, people don't like that word, bank, um, so it's uh, not part of my vocabulary, unfortunately. So, so what's your thesis on how we actually drive adoption? If the thesis is Lightning is a superior payments protocol, how do we actually get there? We know from your presentation in Miami that you're a student of history of the card networks and you spent a lot of time explaining the evolution of how the card networks came to be. What in that studying did you kind of take out as, you know, what are the key points to actually try to drive adoption? Because the network effects right now in the card networks are quite strong. Yeah, well, so I like going back to all the value transfer protocol options we have, we've got Visa, MasterCard, there's Western Union, there's Swift Plus Correspondent Banking. These are all payment networks that escrow value. And so Lightning's another one, in my opinion. It escrows value. So what makes it better? It's instant, cheap, cash, cash final, cash finale payments. And so what industries and markets and experiences does that benefit? In theory, all of them. But practically, probably the most pressing is remittance. It, like remittance is a huge, that's a very big no-brainer. So that one, there are no real network effects to disrupt. If you can send 
a dollar from your checking account instantly received as euros in your SEPA account, I mean, that's a no-brainer, right? And so getting that rolled up and stood up and having international folks integrating our API is a big deal. And I think what you're alluding to is how card networks actually work. Um, so I, I think um, I'll keep it really brief, but uh, people that issue Visa cards and people that spend out of Visa cards, they get paid to do it. So every time, every time a Stripe user uses their Stripe card to make a payment, we get paid. We make money. Visa pays us to do that. And so what you actually have to do is build the unit economics similar to how Visa actually works. And so every time you spend out of a Chase Visa card or a Square Visa card or a Stripe Visa card, Visa's paying you to do that. These come, we're, we don't use Visa out of because we're fans of them. They make it economically viable for us to use it because they pay us to use it. And they pay us to use it because they're, they're taking the money they make from the merchant and they're giving it to the people that is making the payment on what's known as the issuing side. So if they charge Wendy's 3%, they're taking some of that 3% and they're giving it to Chase for making the payment to Wendy's. And that's how they have incentives on both sides of the, of the sphere. And so I won't give up too much away, but we'll be doing the same thing, where all strike merchants will be making a certain amount of money and any Lightning wallet that checks out at our merchants will pay you, because that's how it should work. And that's how you, that's how you overcome the economics. So it's a blog post that's in draft mode, so I'll leave it at that. Um, but it's really, really exciting. And again, I do think like this open network, this is gonna be a really big deal. Like you're a moon wallet user, a user with a, a node in your basement, or a cash app user, if you check out at a merchant that's accepting Lightning and you give them cash final payments that's cheaper than Visa, you get paid. And uh, it's gonna be a big deal. So I don't know if the crowd is able to follow that because I'm not allowed to share too much, but um, it's gonna be fun. I think you, you say a lot for a CEO. You're pretty, you're relatively transparent. I think I'm you a wild card. You know, this is, for whatever reason, a lot of people think you're like a hype man or a bullshit, but I feel like it's the exact opposite. There's very few CEOs that are so transparent with the plan. All I want to say is I just, I just really want to spend Bitcoin at stores, so. Yeah, no, I'm I, looking forward to that happening. I get it, and I love, uh, I love people holding us accountable, and uh, it's no foul play on my end. I mean, none of this shit upsets me, so. No, I get it, uh, and I love it, and, uh, and uh, yeah, it's one open network. We're all on the same team. Thanks, Jack. You're uh, welcome, man. Quick, quick show of hands, who uses Strike? Oh man, my heart's warm. Does that break through the hate on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. I, again, the hate on Twitter is not hate. I love it. I appreciate that. Thank you guys. So, we have 15 minutes left. I would really like to rip Q&A. You want to rip some Q&A? Let's go. Anyone got questions out there? He said his, his daughter just moved to Canada, he's having trouble sending her money, he wants her to be able to integrate Strike with her TD bank. Yeah, so I think this is a good opportunity to make a really important point. The thesis of Strike is that the Lightning Network will grow and enable better experiences for payments over time. But it's, it's a network, like Strike isn't the Lightning Network, and us launching in every country shouldn't imply the success of the thing, because then we wouldn't need to use Lightning all the time, really. So hopefully, someone in Canada builds an experience that's able to accept a Lightning payment and give your daughter Canadian dollars. We're also launching 
Uh, so one of the big initiatives at the company, again, maybe should I shouldn't say, but whatever, fuck it, is uh, we're adding a bunch of currencies to our API so that we are talking to Canadian businesses, we are talking to European businesses, where the experience Stripe wants to enable is you can enter your daughter's name, the amount you want to send, and the Canadian bank account that she should receive the funds into. You, you click enter, it creates a lightning QR code, you pay it, and she's got like Canadian dollars in that bank account in like 10 seconds. And so we're, we're trying, and that's the role we're playing, but the whole thesis is that like others also like build shit too, right? Like if, if everyone that walks into Wendy's is a Stripe customer, then like I'm just P to Ping value, right? But so, so, um, so I do want to emphasize that people shouldn't just be waiting for me to launch in every country. People should be understanding the opportunity in building things all over the world, which already do, does exist, by the way. There's all, a lot of businesses and a lot of users and Cash App now brought, what is it, 80 million? So it is a network. And, and the thesis is that the network has to grow um, and we're a participant within the network. But in the same token, I do, uh, we're gonna be rolling out with a lot of different currencies on our API so that businesses could enable experiences that are super cool. He's asking if, he, if he'll raise his account limits. Yeah, account limits. Uh, I can raise your account limits, buddy. Uh, uh, the, uh, yeah, my head, my head of uh, CS is waving his hand back there. He's gotcha. Uh, but no, more seriously, uh, this is a cool point to, to bring up. The limits are more or less imposed by old value transfer protocols. So let's go back to the value transfer protocol concept. You could deposit money from any Lightning wallet into Strike, and Strike will receive it and credit your dollar balance. So it's effectively like depositing dollars. Unlimited, any time of the day. How, why, how is that possible? Well, because those are cash final payments. There's no fraud, there's no chargebacks, I don't have to report that shit anywhere. And so you could do it all day. If you've got money in Cash App, we don't have it. let's say you got 20 grand in Cash App, you could turn that into Bitcoin and send it to Strike Over Lightning, and you could deposit 20 grand whenever the fuck you want. It's because of that value transfer protocol is better. For us as a business, we get instant cash final. I receive a bearer instrument from Cash App, and I'm allowed to credit you dollars against that instantly. And I'm holding that. It's on my balance sheet. I don't have an impaired balance sheet. I'm not getting a credit liability. Cash App's not promising me future payment so that I credit you the balance, and then two weeks later, they're like, ah, I'm just kidding. I'm fucking with you. I'm taking the money back. I'm getting the Bitcoin, right? And so... The ACH value transfer protocol, ACH is promise of future settlement. So I have to put, like everyone, the cash apps limits are what? 2,000 bucks a week for, not for Bitcoin, but they don't let you withdraw right away, right? So it's just a value transfer protocol thing. You can get your direct deposit to strike, no limits. Direct deposit is a different form of ACH, it's cash final. So it's another alluding to these value transfer protocols um, and so we are working on net raising limits, um, but hopefully everyone's using lightning in two to three to four years and your limits are unlimited because like, it, we're done with ACH. It's just a dumb value transfer protocol, it's just old. Awesome, thanks Jack. Next question. And so the question is, uh, credit card transactions can be charged back and companies like Apple that are really good at delivering experiences for customers made it super, super easy. So it's trivial to just claw your money back that you've already pledged to a merchant. And so does Lightning, like, 
is lighting an attractive option to merchants that isn't so you consumers can't just claw back capital because it's not how it works? The answer to that is yes. And so, <laughs> these are one, these two, one. It, uh, a business that sells cheeseburgers loves that because, um, so for, first, oh man, I'm looking at the clock, I'm running out of time, but the, um, don't look at the clock. Okay, okay, no problem. The, uh, so going back, I don't know if everyone in the room uh, is familiar with the Dodd-Frank reform, right? So 2008 happens, and the federal government reacted. You know, you have whiskey after this and debate whether they overreacted, but they reacted, and they Dodd-Frank reform, and there's a thing called the Durbin Amendment, there's a bunch of consumer protection acts that had to protect the people from Wall Street and say that people can take their money back if they need to, and we need to protect the consumer, Consumer Protection Act, and the Durbin Amendment's gonna price interchange, and there are all these changes, so now you have this reality where unfortunately someone can buy a cheeseburger on DoorDash, eat the burger, and then get their money back. And so a lot of these people that sell cheeseburgers are like, well, isn't this a load of bullshit? What the hell? And like, and you know, cheeseburgers are not like clothing or like furniture where there's, you know, I talked to the uh, I talked to Wayfair, and Wayfair's like, we do have to offer that because we ship couches, and sometimes shipping a couch, the leg chips, and so I do have to have a relationship with the customer, and so Lightning's interesting in that way, where maybe they do, I do need to give them their money back until I give them a good couch, right? That's totally different than a fast food chain being like, now our orders went from less than one percent of DoorDash to now ten percent of our orders are DoorDash because of COVID, and everyone fell in love with ordering food for delivery and our fraud is through the roof. All DoorDash orders just get reversed on us and it's bullshit and this is ridiculous so we love lightning. There shouldn't be consumer protection in ordering a cheeseburger for four dollars. It's ridiculous and it kills our bottom line. So yes, I think having consumer protection and payments it's too broad and vague to say for everything. There are parts of commerce that should not have the ability for people to just claw back their money. Uh, and so the Wayfair example, shipping furniture is more merchants refunding and merchants initiating the chargeback. But no one that sells things wants customers to be able to get their money back after you give them the good. And so, yeah, 100%. It's a good insight on your If part. I remember correctly, one of the times we talked previously, you said, like everyone, locks in on the two to four percent credit card fees, but the real fee at the end of the day is the chargebacks, right? It's like, that's like negligible in comparison. Yeah, so the federal government goes to war with companies like Visa and MasterCard. Uh, well, Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois, but they, the, the point being is they're constantly fighting over interchange and how much you're charging merchants, and they put out a study, they said online merchants the cost to settle a payment, over 50% of it is fraud and chargebacks. It's because the internet, it's so easy to take a stolen card or just do it yourself and reverse payments. And so a lot of these merchants on Shopify don't actually care. They're paying companies like Afterpay 400 basis points. That's 4% for the kids at home. And that's, that, like, that's a lot, that's more than Visa, but what are they paying for? They're paying for cash finality. Like, I'll pay 4% and mark it into my bottom line if I know that the money's not gonna be reversed on me and taken out of my account in two weeks. 
And so, yes, the finality part is arguably more important in some commerce settings than just the interchange part. And to my previous point, this is going to be super confusing potentially, so rewind the tapes when you get home. But if a business is paying me 400 basis points to process for them, why don't I tell the whole Lightning Network community, hey, this guy wants cash final global payments for selling his t-shirts. Any Lightning wallet that checks out at this guy, I'll give you 200 of the basis points. And so now, if you're a Bank of America, if you get your dollars to this guy over Visa, you're making 60 basis points. If you get it to this guy over Lightning, you're making 200. And so now if you're Bank of America, it's not about being a Bitcoiner, being a libertarian anarchist throwover of the state. It's about making fucking money. And you're making more money because it's a better value transfer protocol. So I think all these guys are actually Bitcoiners without knowing it. Because it's just a better way to deliver value to your customers and the unit economics are better because there's no intermediaries of the thing, right? Like I can afford to do that. I can afford to out-commission Visa because I'm not paying all the intermediate banks and the cost of capital to settle the transaction. So, Jack, I mean, it goes to follow with what you just said. I mean, cut Bank of America into the fee structure so they have an incentive to actually adopt Lightning and encourage their customers to spend Lightning at stores. But personally, I mean, I think Bank of America can go fuck themselves. It goes to reason that with non-custodial Bitcoin wallets so they can actually have a sustainable business model. Yeah, so, okay, we'll rewind back a little bit. Um, what are merchants actually paying for? Merchants are paying for, if someone builds a service that's able to collect customer deposits and then gives them a good enough experience that allows them to shop and buy my shit, whether I'm selling shirts, whether I'm selling TVs, whether I'm selling cheeseburgers, whoever is able to collect consumer deposits handle the experience and allow them to give me money, I'll pay them for that. That's the whole concept of interchange, of merchants paying processors to escrow them the value. Because it is really complicated for people to have to try and build that on by themselves. Okay, that's fine. The problem is Visa and MasterCard are accused of colluding and monopolistically setting prices too high because it's a monopoly. So that, but that doesn't dismay or uh, issue against the actual service merchants are paying for. Merchants are paying for some business like the Moon Wallet to get people to deposit to it and make payments to it. And so yeah, what I'm saying is if merchants are paying me to help them get cash final instant payments, I will pay anybody that builds a Lightning Network service that gets them the money. Like share in the pie. That's how Visa works. That's how payment processing works. We just need to build it on an open network. So, and I know if you make the payment because it's cryptographic. You have the pre-image. So if you, whether you're running a node in your basement or whether it's Bank of America, give me a pre-image that I can map to a lightning invoice, I know for fact you made that payment and I will pay you out for it. And it's super simple. So then you have this open network effect where it's just a bounty. Like anybody that can use Lightning to get cash final value to these people that want to accept it gets paid. In fact, in a lot of the scenarios, gets paid more than any other network because the unit economics are better because it's cheaper and faster for everybody, right? And so that's the whole point. So yeah, in theory, 
you know, as I publish these blog posts and talk about this more publicly, if you're running a, a node in your basement, you could upload the pre-image of you just going into a supermarket in the Midwest, like I just bought $40 worth of groceries, here's my pre-image, I'll commission that back to you. But then if you're also Bank of America and you've got tens of millions of customers shopping, I'll pay that back to you too, right? Does that make sense? It's like, so we hold no bias against who checks out um, and the whole point of that part of our business is we're helping merchants get cheaper, faster, cash final settlements. So, you're holding up a stop to me? Uh, well, they we're running out of time. I'm pretty sure, I mean, I, that's absolutely massive. Like, that is, that could be an absolute game changer for, for self custody. Can I say well, wallets. one more thing, too? Like, you can say whatever you want. So, so in, in, in 2008, when the financial crisis happened, and the Dodd-Frank reform and the Dermot Amendment, they basically took the ability for these big banks to monetize their checking accounts. For those unfamiliar, these big banks make money when their customers use Visa or MasterCard to buy shit, right? And the federal government took that away from them. And they said, we're pricing the interchange now, that's ours. And when did the credit card boom in the United States happen? Why is the United States of America the only fucking country with a credit card market for consumers? Is because this is because the federal government took away these banks' ability to monetize checking accounts. All of a sudden, if it's 2008, 2009, I'm, a, I'm Bank of America. I cannot make money on mortgage loans anymore because, well, like we fucked that up, and I can't, I can't make money on checking accounts anymore. So when did financial inclusion problems start happening in America? When did you have to be credit worthy to have a Chase account? When the federal government kind of made it that way because they couldn't make money on a checking account anymore. So now all of a sudden, if you weren't credit worthy, you couldn't get a fucking Chase account. When did Chime start? When did Square start? When did Robinhood start? All these businesses that were serving the underserved in America? America has an inclusion problem? Get the fuck out of here. How's that possible? It's because of this story, right? Is that, and so all of these businesses, these big banks that are doing shit that we can never do, their whole business is building an experience in a brand to collect customer deposits and help them spend and live financially. To me, that sounds exactly like what the Blue Wallet does and what the Moon Wallet does. And so giving these companies also revenue for what they're doing for the commerce setting is like how it should work. There's no difference between Blue Wallet and Bank of America. They do the same shit. They accept customer deposits and they give you an experience that encourages you to live your life and spend it. And so if you spend it at a merchant, they should be getting fucking paid. And so that's kind of like the makeup of this whole environment is you have Chime, which basically picked up where Bank of America couldn't anymore after 2008 and now serves these checking accounts. All these big banks are hyper-competitive in the credit market. These merchants got fucked no matter what. I do think that the Lightning Network is the most American way to solve this. I don't think federal overreach and deciding who gets to do what solved anything. In fact, it made it worse. It gave us a consumer credit boom. It, it divided the country. It caused financial inclusion problems. Merchant tickets are up 75% since, so it didn't solve that problem at all. I think if everyone had access to Lightning, and it was whoever built the best experience to collect deposits and make payments over Lightning, gets paid, then like Blue Wallet and Bank of America are competing for the same people and that's that's very American and fair and honest and it's a free market so pricing isn't set by two companies and that that's that's the whole story. I'll do a podcast.
Yeah, I mean.